Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, excited, excited for what God's going to do. And uh, looking forward to hearing from our pastor here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to go today to the book of Ruth. And um, we're going to go to chapter 2. Got a couple verses I'd like to read. Um, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, it's good to be in the house. I um, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, but there's no place better to be on a Sunday morning than here at the Anchor, uh, with the Anchor, with God's people. And I'm looking forward looking forward to today. Uh, give honor to Pastor. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to speak this morning. I uh, love, love him and his family so much. Ruth chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says this, And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me, and all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how that thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. This morning, I want to speak a little bit on the subject of more than I deserve. More than I deserve. Could you put your Bibles down one more time? Let's just lift our hands and ask God to touch us. Jesus, we love you. God, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be in your house with your people today, Jesus. God, I ask that you would touch every heart. God, open our, our hearts to understanding today, Jesus. God, let us not only be hearers, but let us also be doers of your word. God, show yourself strong to us. We ask it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You, you can be seated. Feel free to leave your, your Bible open to the book of Ruth. We're going to exegetically go through that this morning uh, on more than I deserve. The book of Ruth opens in chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. This event that is recorded of Ruth, it, it takes place during the period of time that the people of Israel were ruled by judges throughout the promised land. Israel had entered the promised land around uh, 1406 B.C., and the period of the judges took place from around 1380 until 1050 B.C. when Saul becomes king. This period was a turbulent time in Israel's history. The book of Judges provides us with many different examples of the principle that obedience to the law brings peace and it brings life, whereas disobedience to the word of God brings oppression, and it brings death. And the book of Judges just is full of examples going back and forth, showing when, when Israel would obey and when they would, would disobey, and it goes back and forth between these two truths. And it, it was a time that is stated in Judges 17, 6, that in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. 
what is truth is on trial today and what is truth was on trial back then as well. Yet, despite all of the ups and the downs that are recorded, there was a Ruth that took place. Because we just never quite know how God is reaching for somebody. Ruth chapter 1 verse 1, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. There was a famine in the land. In what land? In the promised land. There was a famine in the place that God had called them to inhabit and to possess. A land that God had given them. That was the land. And a certain man, note that the Bible does not record anything specific or special about this man. The Bible says that, that a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab. These are people of promise. This is, this is a people of, of covenant relationship that, that have grown up and that, that have seen the miraculous provision of God. And these are the people that are now going to Moab. Why, why are, they, are they going to Moab? Country, Moab is a country that is about 50 miles uh, from Bethlehem on the east side of the Dead Sea. And it is the land that today is modern Jordan. Moab is a pagan nation. Moabites serve idols, not God. Why is the certain man why is he leaving covenant for compromise? Because in a moment of weakness, in a moment of uncertainty, in a moment of, of worry, he makes a decision in a dry season. It is a choice that he was never required to make. There's danger in making permanent decisions in temporary seasons. He and his wife and his two sons, not only is he making a choice that is affecting him, but now he has made a choice that he was never required to make that is affecting him. It's affecting his wife and it's affecting his children. A life-changing decision made in a temporary season can have drastic outcomes on our families that we could have never imagined would have happened. Verse 2, and the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his sons were Malon and Chilon. They were Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab, and catch this, and continued there. The Bible takes special mention to let you and to let me know that not only did they go to Moab, but they stayed there. And immediately, the very next thing that is recorded after telling us that they stayed there, verse 3, and Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. They tell us that they go, they stay, he dies. We don't know why he died. Scripture doesn't tell us. 
but we do know where he died. He died in a place that he was never supposed to be. Because it matters where you go. Psalms 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Look at your neighbor and say, he died. Yeah. They stayed, and he died. And she was left now, she and, and her two sons. Naomi is now alone in a strange land with her two sons and her dead husband. Ruth 1, chapter 4, And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Shilon, they died also, both of them. Dad died. Now the kids died. I, I, I might be able to reason the father dying. Maybe he was old. Who knows? But now both of the sons also, seemingly both sons die at the same time. I could even, I could even rationalize if they died in the land where there was famine, but they didn't. They died in the land of Moab. They didn't die where there was famine. They died in a place that they were never supposed to be based off a decision they were never required to make. And the woman was left now of her two sons and her husband. Naomi is alone except for her two daughter-in-laws. Verse 6, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Naomi apparently did not make the choice to go to Moab. She didn't make the choice to go, but she could make the choice to leave it. I, I don't know how you've ended up in the situation that you're at. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know. We, so sometimes things are out of our control about how we end up there. But we can make the choice to leave it. And we can make the choice to get back to the place where God has always called us to be. We don't have to stay where we're at. Because the Bible says she had learned in the country of Moab. That the Lord had visited the people in giving them bread. Even in the land of Moab, Naomi still had managed to hear that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Visited them where? Not in Moab. That's not where the provision came from. God had visited his people that had remained on his promise. And when Naomi heard that God was still moving, when she heard that God was still providing, when she heard that God was still making a way, Naomi made up in her mind that she wasn't going to stay where she was at any longer. And we read in verse 7, Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was. Look at somebody and tell them you can't stay where you're at. Pastor preaches it that the miracle is in the movement. 
and there are times when you've got to shake yourself off and say, I don't know how it ended up here. I didn't intend to stay here for this long. I didn't intend to stay at this place, but I'm going to get up from where I'm at, and I'm going to make my way back to the house of God, and I'm going to get back to where the Lord is because I know that he's there. I know that he's never left, and I know that there's provision wherever his promise is. And her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. Verse 8, And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-laws, Go now, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. These are the two daughter-in-laws talking to Naomi. Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. At this point in scripture, it appears that both daughter-in-laws are desiring to go back with Naomi back to Bethlehem. At that point, this is what it looks like. But Naomi begins to go down into to the reality of the situation with both of the girls. Naomi tells them that, that she's too old to have another husband. And, and even if she did have another husband, and even if she did have more sons, would Ruth and would Orpah wait until they were grown to marry them? Naomi is referencing to the hopelessness of her having additional sons in regarding the custom of the, Lever, uh, the Leverite marriage by which the brother of the husband who died childless would marry the widow so that the deceased would have an heir. And it was designed to prevent extinction of the family name. Naomi is saying, this isn't going to happen. The name isn't going to continue. The family isn't going to continue. If you choose to go with me, that is the end of the future. After this, this dialogue of this hopelessness of staying with Naomi for their future, she said, if you choose me, that's the end of your family. It's not going to go on. It's not going to continue. There's nothing I can do about it. Verse 14, they lifted up their voice, they wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. That means she's leaving. Orpah, she leaves after this conversation that happens with Naomi. After Naomi spells out what the future looks like, Orpah leaves. But Ruth, Ruth clave unto her. Clave there in Hebrew is debake, which which can be translated as, as joining together. Ruth made a choice, regardless of what the future may have looked like, regardless of not knowing what the next step was going to be. Ruth, Ruth made a choice to remain with Naomi, despite not knowing where it might lead. And then Ruth declares one of the most beautiful vows in all of Scripture, verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people 
shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Ruth, leaving Moab and joining with Naomi, it, it signified a final severance from her nation and from her religion. Everything that she had known, everything that she had grown up being accustomed to, everything that she thought was normal, this decision is costing her everything that she has known. But Ruth made a decision, and they returned back to Bethlehem. Verse 22, say no, so, no, uh, so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Naomi left because of a famine, and she returns to find a harvest. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Sometimes there's always a harvest waiting for you whenever you get back to the house of God. And it's better than you ever remember what you left from. Come on, somebody. Has God ever made a way? Has God ever proved faithful even when you weren't? Even when I didn't deserve it, God still was faithful to me. And they left for a famine. They come back, and Ruth gets involved in a harvest. Chapter 2, verse 1, Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of God, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on the part of the field belonging unto Boaz, and was of the kindred of Elimelech. The Bible is here describing a Levitical law taking place that Ruth is benefiting from. Leviticus 19 verse 9. And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field. Neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of the harvest. They were saying that when you go out and, and when, you, when, you, when you harvest the field, you, you leave the corners for others. And if anything falls on the ground, you just leave that. You, you, you allow others to come in behind you and, and to get that. Ruth, Ruth is, is doing that here. She, she is benefiting because she does have a right to go into this particular barley field and, and to follow after the reapers. And, and she has a right to pick up whatever is missed. And she has a right to, to glean the corners of the field that was left for people just like her. Ruth has a right to do this. But then Boaz shows up during the harvest. Verse 5, then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? Who, who, is, who, is that, who is that girl out there? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, this being Ruth, I pray you, 
Let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Ruth is come and she is asking Boaz for something that's already been given to her. She says, just let me come behind the reapers and, and just let me follow along and just let me gather whatever, whatever is, is missed. But she already has a right to do that. That's why Boaz asks her in Ruth uh, 2 verse 8, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not even to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. He was telling Ruth, not only do you not need to ask for my permission, but I'm also telling you that everything that you need is in my field. You don't even have to go look to another field because I will provide all that you need right here in my field. Verse 10, then she fell on her face, this being Ruth, and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing that I am a stranger? Why are you doing this? Ruth didn't understand why Boaz was treating her this way. Because she only saw herself as a stranger. Ruth only saw herself as what she had walked away from. Ruth couldn't grap grapple with the reality of what she had walked to. She was only seeing herself for what she had been. Not for who she was now. And verse 11, Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me. All that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. And, the, uh, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity. And art come unto a people which thou knewest not hitherto. Boaz said, you may not know who I am, but I know who you are. She didn't know. She didn't understand. He knew everything about her before he even met her. And when he met her, he said, you don't even have to worry about anything. You don't have to go to another field. You stay right here, and everything that you need will be provided because I've seen what you've chosen. Verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Ruth, when you decided to step out on trusting God, you did not know the impact that it was going to make in shaping and defining your future and the impact of how God was going to use others to bring fulfillment and blessing back into your life. Because we just don't understand how God works. For it was after this conversation ended that in verse 15, and when she had risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Wait a second. Hold on. 
This is going beyond the Levitical law. She's not supposed to glean among the sheaves. She's supposed to follow after the reapers. Wait a second. Wait a second. Verse 16. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose. That means on purpose for her. And leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Hold on. Hold on. Boaz is doing something different now. I don't have a baby to shake, but I do have a basket. <laughs> Come here, Ruth. I don't, I don't know if they use baskets or not, but you're going to have a baby. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you two guys. Come here. Any one of you. This is your field. See it? You guys are the reapers. You're going to go through and you're going to, to be reaping. And Boaz tells you, you see this girl following behind here? You let her do whatever she wants. I know she's supposed to follow, but, but I even want you to take handfuls as, as you're picking this. And I, and I just want you to leave it in the ground. So, so I want you to go through, harvest, whatever you do, you know, however you harvest, yeah. And then throw some down, throw some down, yeah. Ruth, you go, take your basket, yeah, and follow along. This is what's happening. No right to do this. R R Ruth, Ruth doesn't have any kind of law that, that commands her to be picking up barley that's being left on purpose for her. That's not what the law commanded. The law in Leviticus didn't say a word about dropping anything behind. That was more than what the law required. Ruth found herself in a blessing that was more than she deserved. Because Boaz exceeded kindness by Ruth's legal rights by not only allowing her to glean where the reapers were still working, but also by commanding loose grain to be left for her. Boaz went beyond what he had to do for her. Boaz went beyond what she could have ever done for herself. And Boaz gives her rights that aren't even hers. He blesses her beyond what she could do. He takes it a step beyond anything that she could have. He shows mercy who he shows mercy to. And he provides who he provides to. He didn't even know her. Had never met her. But he heard of the decision that she made to come back with Naomi. And when Ruth did, Boaz extended a blessing that was more than she deserved. And so in verse 17, so she gleaned in the field unto even, and she beat out that she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah, I think, of barley. Ruth goes and she threshes out the barley, and she has this, this ephah, which, which would have been about three-fifths of a bushel around 20 quarts, and would have been enough to feed herself and to also feed Naomi for about 10 days. Ruth had gathered way more than she could have ever been able to do in one day. Why? Because Boaz blessed her 
more than she deserved. And so verse 18, uh, let's see, I need, uh, I, I need a name here. Come here, Ruth. Verse 18, Ruth comes with her basket, went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw that she had gleaned. And she brought forth, and she gave it to her, and uh, she had reserved after she had sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, where hast thou gleaned today? When, when Naomi saw the amount that Ruth had in her basket, she asked her, where have you been? Where have you been? What field have you been? Blessed is he that did take knowledge of thee. Naomi recognizes and she takes notice that there's no way that Ruth could have gathered such an unusually large amount of grain without some kind of a special favor. And Ruth showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Verse 20, and Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. We rightly talk about the impact of the kinsman redeemer and the impact that it was making on Ruth. But can you imagine what this moment was doing for Naomi? After all of the hurting that Naomi had suffered, after all of the loneliness that she had lost, back then if you lost your husband, you lost everything. You lose your sons, you have nothing back then. Naomi, this, this same hurting Naomi, this same Naomi that, that is full of discouragement, that has, has endured because of a, of a decision that took place in a dry season. Naomi had said to Ruth in verse 121, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? And the Almighty hath afflicted me. This is how Naomi is seeing herself. But that's not how God saw her. What Naomi saw at, at, as the ending of everything, God saw as the beginning of a new work. So much that, that the evidence of the Lord working in her life was so strong that in chapter 2, verse 20, Naomi declares that the Lord has not left off his kindness. It was so evident to Naomi. It, it, was, so, it was so clear to Naomi that, wow, only God could have done something like this. Only God could have been the one to do this. Naomi, who felt like she had been left. Naomi, who felt like she was all alone. She realizes and she sees the working of the Lord's hand again in her family. And one of the most overlooked but beautiful parts of the story is that Naomi is restored again 
to the working of the Lord in her family. Nick, you guys can go. You guys can sit. Naomi, she once again sees the hand of God working in her situation, working in her circumstance, working in her life. And Naomi had returned from Moab broken. Naomi had returned from Moab bitter. Naomi had returned wishing to be called Mara for her bitterness and the emptiness that was in her family. She felt like she had lost everything. No future, no descendant, no one carrying on the name, nothing happening. But the book of Ruth ends with Boaz and Ruth having a son. And Ruth chapter 4, verse 14 says, And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. The very thing that Naomi said that, that would never happen when she was talking to Orpah and to Ruth. The very thing that, that in her despair she could have never seen a path forward of any kind of a family restoration. The very thing that, that she said would never take place. God miraculously put things back together that Naomi could have never done. I'm closing. Why don't you stand? Ruth 4, 17. And the women, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, there is a son born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And he is the father of Jesse. And he is the father of David. The same King David that we read about. Not only did God bless Ruth, but he restored Naomi as if she had never walked away from him. Oh, come on, could you lift your hands just for a moment? It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter where you've walked away from. What you thought could never be put back together again. God can make a way. God can make a way. I'm finished. The altar's open if you want to pray. We're going to be starting our service at 11 o'clock. Don't forget to pick up your kids. He's still a God of promises. And he's able to fulfill every promise that he's made. God bless you. 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.